Hi everyone and welcome to Off the Irish Health Podcasts. This podcast is aimed at people who are interested in field archery here in the UK. We'll cover coaching tips, advice on shooting, shoot reviews and we might even manage to have some guests. I'm your host Rob and I hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode. So this one is going to be looking at how dangerous archery is, how lethal it can be, how potentially hazardous it can be. And if you kind of listen to that, then you're probably right. There are elements of archery that are dangerous. We are fleeing arrows from bows. If you're using a compound bow up to 300 feet per second, my flat bows go out about 180 feet per second. And my recurves are a bit faster. You've got hundreds of people every weekend going around shooting arrows, whether this be at target clubs or in field clubs. Yet very few people get injured and quite often those injuries are nothing to do with archery. They're kind of trips and falls or in the summer there might be bee stings or insect bites heat stroke, those sort of things. So what am I talking about where archery is a dangerous hobby? Well, think about this. It is a serious thing to think about as well. And please don't be thinking, oh no, I'm going on about nanny states and stuff like that. Think about the fact that we are, by our very natures, in woodlands, shooting bows at targets. And no matter what people will say, there are always a modicum or an element of risk associated with doing that. And as a course layer, as a coach, as a participant at shoots, competitions, as an, that was an attendee, but also as a host, you have got to think about this. You've got to think that... Now, attendees at your event are entrusting you to keep them safe. They are trusting that you are providing a safe environment for them to shoot, but also for their families. And that's something to really remember, because field archery can be a family activity which sees archers from six years old into their 60s or even 70s. Quite often, we will talk about risk and there are some who will turn around and say, you're being overly cautious, or it was never like that X years ago, or you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And yet we survived, so why, why do we have to worry about it now? Well, bows have developed. 30 years ago, there weren't the compound bows that there are today. There weren't the speed, there wasn't the efficiency. It wasn't as popular as it was years ago so things have changed you can now go down to decathlon or other non-archery related shops and buy a bow which is quite a, a quick bow i was up in york a few weekends ago and there's a shop there that just sells lightweight compound bows but those lightweights are still shooting 40, 50 pounds. You pick up recurves, you pick up crossbows. So it's a lot more available. And why am I going on about this? Why am I mentioning this? Well, 
yes, it is a sensitive topic. Clubs get very protective. They get very worried when you start talking about risk assessments. For me, associating archery with risk has a negative impact. But if you neglect that, if you ignore the potential risks, then you're doing an injustice to the people who are attending and you're also potentially putting them in danger. You know, I was excluded from a club for being overly concerned about safety or overly cautious about safety. And I don't think you can be. And you've got situations, and I've seen and heard of them in the past, where course layers might say, oh, well, I can make that shot safe, so, or I can take that shot, so yes, it's fine. Well, the thing that they might be forgetting is that you know that shot because you've set it. You'd know the ground and the terrain. You might be a better shot than other archers that are attending. You might be shooting a bow which is matched to the arrows perfectly. You might be very capable of distance judgment. And those archers that are coming to you won't necessarily have those skills. They might be newbies. They might uh, be shooting a new bow. They might not have had as much coaching. So just saying that, well, I can make the shot anybody else can, that's not good enough in my view. You've got to consider all facets heights of archers, abilities of archers, bow weights. You're there as a course layer to offer a challenge to the archer for the shots they're going to take. You don't want to be punishing them and nor do you want to be putting them or other archers at risk. There's numerous times when I've seen what would be a lovely shot and a shot that I would find challenging but I've had to drop it because maybe the window's too challenging, maybe the, the skim is too close to a tree, and, uh, and if somebody clips off that tree, I've got to consider where that arrow is going to go. So there are things that you have to think about which make archery potentially risky. So archery, as I've said, is a risky hobby. Some might even go as far as to say it's potentially dangerous. Well, field archery might be even more risky as you aren't shooting on open ground, you're shooting in woodland. And as I said earlier, you've got the possibility of an arrow deflecting off a tree or a branch. And this is for national field archery because other organisations, you have to have completely clear and open shooting lines whilst in NFAS and some of the other competitions around the country, they will put what's called window shots where you're shooting between gaps in trees or branches. But let's remember about this. Life is full of risks. Crossing the road is potentially dangerous. We've experienced heavy snowfall and I was driving. Now I've got a 4x4 with um, extra grip tyres that are designed for mud and poor weather. I'm fine in that. I know what my capabilities are as a driver. I'm not going to endanger myself. But other people aren't. And there are risks associated with that. You know, as I said, crossing the road can be dangerous. But, and this is the but, we learn from an early age to look before we cross a road. Those of you who are old enough might remember the old Green Cross code, man. Tend to look both ways. Stop, look, listen. Well, 
there's a phrase that I've used in the past where that's concerned. It says, I look both ways when I'm crossing a one-way street. Why? Because not everybody will necessarily obey those rules. Not everybody will be as cautious as I am. Am I paranoid? No, just experienced enough to know that not everyone follows the rules. So what we need to do as cause layers is we need to mitigate the risks and we do that by our actions. So, for example, when we're crossing the road, we stop. We look both ways. We listen out for vehicles. And that can be slightly more problematic than it used to be because of electric cars being so quiet. This helps us to manage the risk. The same happens with archery. So, as archers, we're aware of the risks that there should be. Course layers manage the risks when setting courses. We have a shot with an overshoot towards an, uh, an old path. So what we've done there is we've instructed all members that that path is closed. There are signs that have gone up saying water or a warning archery in progress at both ends of the path. So with a rope across the map that goes out to every single club member has the notification that that is closed. The route that the archers take, insofar as the number shooting pegs, is such that it takes them away from that area. So we've done everything we can to mitigate that risk. Now you might turn around and say, well, why don't you take the shot out? Well, that is an option as well. And it is something that we are considering. And if we feel that shooting that way is too much of a risk, then we might take that short out. As it is, there's actually quite a good, I'll say considerable, there is a significant overshoot There's the, for that boss, uh, sorry, from the boss to the path anyway. The likelihood of any arrow getting that far is, I won't say minimal, but the likelihood is reduced by that overshoot distance. But it's interesting that we put a signs up saying warning archery in progress as the signs are there to warn people but they're only as good as if people read them if people are aware of them if people take the time to look at it when you've got a competition we have 80 100 plus people wandering around our wood the route is marked out but it's reliant on those archers to follow that route is relying on them to show good sense, to follow the rules, to follow the marked path. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. So we have to consider these factors when we are actually coursing and looking at the risks, looking at the risks of the path. How can we mitigate? How can we reduce the risks? And there are a variety of risks. I've spoken about deflection of arrows off undergrowth, and that might be used to frame the shot. There's the risks associated with trips and falls on uneven ground as people are walking along. Summer months, you've got stings, insect bites, other wildlife. The UK, last few years, has seen an increase in the number of ticks that are around, and that increased the risk of Lyme disease, and we have deer in our woodland so we have to highlight that risk if you add in any footbridges that might be going over streams or gullies we've got them in our wood we have tried our best to 
mitigate the risk of slips and falls by making them particularly wide so it's wide enough for somebody to get across they're about two and a half foot wide we've put a roofing felt down so that people have a grip we sweep them to make sure there's no leaves or debris on them we've got risks from overhead trees you know dead tree branches that are hidden and i've spoken on previous podcasts about tree branches being down and the risks associated with that's concerned and these are things that you have to maintain and you have to be aware of weather conditions play a factor i said earlier we've had heavy snowfall but this snow what about if you are in summer months and it's a hot period could people get dehydrated if there are lots of walking or if they're out in the open and these are risks that you need to think about so you know it's cold there's heat exhaustion there's what if people get very wet now when you think about it it's amazing there are so few incidents that there are and those incidents that are taking place are usually trips and falls and that raises the question again I like wandering around our wood on my own and I will do that when I'm doing risk assessments and I'll do that when I'm doing course laying review but what if you're shooting on your own there's people I know they've gone out shooting on their own they've tripped they fall and they've injured themselves and there's a risk associated with that uh, National Field Archery Society recommends that you don't shoot on your own in their rules but if people do want to do that, then how does your club mitigate it? Well, you can say, well, we've got, for example, we've got a WhatsApp group. So people say when they're going down the wood, when they're leaving the wood, so we're aware of it. Uh, during the COVID periods, we had a logging in and logging out. And that's a way of doing it. I'm going to leave this now, but I just want to leave you with a couple of things to think about when you are wandering around in the woodlands and you're looking at it from a point of view backstop nets i have heard so many times people say oh well, this shot is a bit risky if we put a backstop net in it'll be fine well a backstop nets do not always stop arrows from my 45 pound flat bow my arrows have punched quite easily through a backstop net which has been hung inappropriately it's been hung taut so there's no slack in it so it doesn't stop the arrow and my arrow went straight through a friend of mine who shoots a compound bow has also had their arrow just punched clean through a backstop neck that's been hung inappropriately now we've got one up at one of our targets it's not because of a safety reason it's because people misjudge the distance and because they misjudge the distance, they quite often go over the top. So the net is there, it's hung loosely just to catch arrows, to slow arrows down, so they don't disappear into the woodland behind and make it significantly harder to find. So think about this. People will sometimes use a backstop net to make a shot safe. From my perspective, that's not making a shot safe. If you've got to put a net up to try and catch arrows because there's people behind, then that's not a safe shot. I've known other people to use backstop nets just as a screen so that you don't see archers in your line of vision. So it's not there from a safety point of view, it's solely there for a, for a screen. That, that works. So I realise risk is not the most glamorous topic. 
to cover when it comes to field archery but I wanted to raise the question and to make people think about what risks they're associated you know recently I visited the train museum the British train museum in York and there they have a steam train and I did some calculations that train traveled as fast as my flat bow shoots an arrow now that's amazing the fact that the people were brave enough to sit in there and actually do that and and I think it's absolutely amazing that they managed to do that all those years ago but it got me thinking about risks and wandering around and the risks that was associated for that train but also about wandering around uh, woodland and how many people you might have you as i said you we will have 80 competitors plus at our shoots others will have more the national uh, field archery societies national tournaments have had up to 800 archers and a significant proportion of the 100 to 200 of them will be shooting compound bows which will be around 300 feet per second the amount of energy that's in them means that if they get a deflection off a tree that arrow is not going to be stopping very quickly and it will ricochet bounce off other trees less of an issue with wooden arrows because i tend to find that my my wooden arrows if i hit a tree will either bend or break simple as that carbon arrows won't so much so risks associated with archery I've talked around going around the woods there's also the risk that comes around with you not having your equipment correctly set up so is everything in working order are your arrows damaged if they're damaged should you be shooting them check the knock if you if you hear I was practicing the other day put a couple of arrows down the range and I heard this clatter as my arrow hit an arrow that was already in the boss so first thing I do when I go down there when I draw the arrow is I check to see if there's any damage to the arrow is the knock damaged and I've seen it and I've sadly heard it when it was on the range at a competition I heard this almighty crack as somebody tried to shoot their bow they I had an arrow come off the string I wasn't sure whether it was a damaged arrow or the knock wasn't fitting correctly onto the string and they dry fired their bow and you heard this almighty crack as the bow just snapped so consider this it's not just you wandering around the wood you know I have taken myself off a course before now because I haven't felt well and I didn't feel up to actually finishing the shoot that was my decision I did want to do it I wanted to finish the shoot but I was feeling so ill I thought I'm going to be in danger to others and this is something that you need to show good judgment on if you're on medication maybe you've had a, a heavy night the night before maybe you're getting over a health issues and you're suddenly feeling faint or you're suddenly feeling unwell don't continue on that course don't continue shooting if you're not feeling well because you're a risk to yourself you're a risk to others you're a risk in the situation of if you did have a fall let's say you're going to have to get emergency services in there 
and you see this with mountain rescue teams a lot and I know some people that are involved with mountain rescue and how they've found people some people have gone up with all the right equipment and they just had bad luck they've pulled an ankle weather's changed they've fallen but there's other people that go out there and they shouldn't really be doing it they haven't got their correct equipment they have injured themselves so there's two categories there one inappropriate behavior two accidents and accidents happen everybody has accidents everybody can trip up anybody might get caught on brambles yeah anybody might you know slip as you're walking up a slope you know i've i've done it before now i've been walking down a slope and my feet have gone away from me and i've clocked my head so but think about it all right think about the risks think about what risks from a course layers you can control think about the risks associated with shooting as a competitor as an archer what can you do to minimize those risks okay as i said this isn't the most exciting topics for many and i will probably have people turn around and say oh you're talking about nanny state and talking about risks and well no i'm not this isn't a nanny state this is me looking at it practically i've been injured on courses i've been i've had insect bites that have nearly resulted in a loss of a finger because of my wedding uh, my hand swelled up so much that I had to remove my wedding ring, otherwise my finger, uh, the circulation of my finger would have been lost. There are friends who have had Lyme's disease from tick bites. There are other people that I know who have been out working in a woodland and uh, as they've been working around a tree, a branch has fallen on them. It is risks that we have to recognise and not be blind to. And we mitigate them by our behaviour. As a course layers, you have a duty of care to other people. My wife is a scout leader. And she has to document risk assessments for each of their activities. Whether they're going on a camping, whether they're going on a hike or anything like that. And this is so that you are, people are aware of them or made aware of those risks that can't come about. And people say, oh, risk assessments are ridiculous. No, they're not. They're there for you to be able to recognise the risks that you might be putting those individuals to. And that's the same from coaching, course laying, or you as an individual. Okay, as I said, thanks for your time. I hope you found this useful. It's a topic I've wanted to talk about for a while because of a few things that have been happening and let's see where we go from here if you've got any questions feel free to drop me a line happy to talk about this happy to talk about course laying and, and things you need to consider when you're actually doing or assessing courses in my view the last thing i want to say to you though and this is something that's more aimed at marshals and people that are wandering around the wood during times of shit of shoots or maybe they might be doing a maintenance where down at the wood if you're doing maintenance at a wood if you're a marshal of course you wear a high-vis jacket so you can be seen from a distance so attendees can ask you questions you're readily identifiable it does not stop 
an arrow. I'm beginning to sound a little bit like a don't be that guy, but that's right. But it's true. High vis jackets, high vis vests, yes, they're great for identifying you to other people, but they don't make you bulletproof or arrowproof. That does mean that you are still vulnerable. You can't be wandering around backwards round the course or walking the reverse way round the course. You can't put yourself in risk and just think, oh, I'm wearing a high vis so they can see me so they will stop shooting. They may not see you. They might be focusing down at the lens of their compound or their crossbow. So just wearing a high-vis jacket does not make you immortal. It does make you arrow-proof. It means you still have to show good judgment when you're walking around a course. So please, please, when you are walking around and you're wearing a high-vis, still consider potential risks that are involved in wandering around. That did sound a bit right of a rant, but I've seen it on numerous occasions now where people have got a high-vis jacket on and they think, oh, well, I've got one on and it doesn't matter. They can see me. I can stand over here. No, no, you still, you still got to have a duty of care to yourself and to others. Take care. Stay safe. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, then drop me a line. My email address is offthearrowshelf at yahoo.co.uk. That's offthearrowshelf at yahoo.co.uk. Or you can check out the website offthearrowshelf.com. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening.